Welcome to the Concierge Weight Loss Podcast, where I empower you to achieve your weight loss goals and live a healthier, happier life. I'm your host, Kara Hackelman, a dedicated weight loss coach and advocate for positive change. Join me as we dive into insightful conversations, expert tips, and inspiring stories to help you transform your relationship with food and your body. Get ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery and sustainable weight loss. And don't forget to stick around until the end for a special call to action that can kickstart your transformation. Let's get started. Hello, hello. So we are here with my friend, Leslie. Hello. I'm going to have you introduce yourself and tell my audience just a little bit about who you help. Sure. So I am Leslie Randolph. I am a certified life coach. And I am committed to helping teenage girls and the teenage girl that still exists in you and me cultivate confidence. Yes. So Leslie and I have met at some of these wonderful trainings and conferences that we've had. And so we have learned together and we've enjoyed meals together, enjoyed lots of brainstorming together. And so I am continually drawn to her because I had that lack of confidence as a teenage girl, like most of my listeners, whether it was a teenage lack of confidence or an adult one, somewhere at some point, my listeners can find some point they did not feel confident with. So 1000%. I mean, I, that's why I say the teenage girl that still exists in you and me, because you and I didn't have self-confidence coaches when we were teens. It was like this fake it till you make it and just push down the doubt and push down the insecurity. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we need this work too, but so do our teens. And what I love is like, I think the world we live in has really gotten um, some good information started. I'll say with bullies, but that is reacting to a problem where the confidence is preventing the problem. I think when you have just instilled in you such great confidence from a young age, like, yeah, it's just stuff that happens in life. It's not like the bully who now lives in your brain and in your heart for the rest of your life. Tara, I'm laughing because in my teenage, uh, in my coaching practice, when I'm working with teen girls, I will often talk about the bully brain. Mm. And I know you've talked about, you know, negative self-talk and how do yeah. we talk to ourselves? Because a lot of time that bully is in us. And what we really want with self-confidence is to tap into that bestie brain oh. so that even if, even if you are in, like, I know what you were talking about before is, you know, when you hear it externally, but then you don't make, you then don't internalize it. Yeah. It's still going to hurt if someone says, you know, I don't know, whoever said that sticks and stones might yeah. break my bones, lies, words do hurt. Yeah. Um, and they do. But then how do you talk to you? Yeah. What do you make those words mean about you? So I love that you bring that up right off the get-go. Oh, yes, yes. Well, and the other reason why I love having you on is because you don't just stop with the teenage girl. You work with the relationship with the mom and the teenage girl. And because I want to help people stop generational obesity. Just because every person in your family has been heavy for your entire life doesn't mean you need to be. And so when you're the one who stops it, great. But so many times we have passed our image of ourselves down 
from generation to generation. And so that piece, like, yes, like you are working with the one, like the young one, but like to, to make such a difference in the mom and the daughter that together is going to break that generational lack of confidence kind of thing. Absolutely. We, we, they listen to, they follow our actions more than they follow our advice. Right. Yeah. And so we have to walk the walk as well and, you know, talk to ourselves and treat ourselves the way that we want our daughters to talk to themselves and treat themselves. As they say, the kids are always watching and they're always listening. Every moment you didn't think they were, they already knew about it all. Totally. All, all right. So let's just start here. Give me a definition of self-confidence. Sure. So our working definition will be, you know, self-confidence, obviously it's a feeling, right? And your listeners have been in your world long enough, hopefully, that we know that that feeling of self-confidence, you know, I, I can even like kind of puff my chest when I say it, it comes from our thinking. And, you know, if we think about how we talked earlier, that thinking is, it's a specific flavor of thinking. It can, it's got to be that bestie brain thinking. It comes from thinking highly of you. It comes from, you know, powerful thoughts about you, seeing your gifts and your goodness. Now, a lot of my clients are like, <laughs> the teen might roll the eye of like, yeah, I'll just think happy thoughts and, you know, feel that way. It doesn't always work. Sometimes it does, right? Sometimes we can give ourselves that thought of like, you got this. And we feel that pumped up chest feeling, that powerful feeling. But then we allow that feeling to fuel our actions. And that's when self-confidence becomes like all-encompassing. It's not just this fleeting moment. It's who you are. So it's a thought. It's a, a collection of thoughts from that bestie brain that create that feeling of confidence. And then also allowing that confidence to fuel you to go after what it is you want and what it is you want to do. Okay, so if you guys are listening on audio, I do have the blog video version of this that will be on the website, because if you could have seen the number of times Leslie has like lunged at the camera in her superpower pose, like you might just have to go check that out once or twice. And so I want to transition there because you did say before we got started recording about a superpower pose. And as soon as you said it, I was drawn to it. So I... First, tell me what the superpower pose and, and what its importance is, and then I'll tell you my story. I'm I'm pulling up a stat here, okay? Because it's it's a pose where, oh, I wish I really could. <laughs> you stand like Wonder Woman. There she is. Yeah, y'all yeah. need to look at the visual. How how does it feel when you stand like that? You know, chest up, posture. You know, we can hear our mothers saying, "Stand up straight." And hands on the hips. Now, there was a, a study from 2010 that, st that said if you pose like Wonder Woman, you will boost your testosterone and decrease your cortisol levels. Now, th these findings have been you know, questioned and debated all over the place. It doesn't matter. What matters is how it makes you feel when you do it. Mm -hmm. And when I do it, I think about like walking into a boardroom and being like, here I come. Think about my teens walking into the classroom. 
or the audition or the tryout. And it's like, look out world. You know, it's that powerful, like, ain't nothing going to stop me. <laughs> okay. So I can't, these are just the closest things I can grab. My desk is full of Wonder Woman. So my story from 2019, when I first started losing weight, something about Wonder Woman, I was so gravitated to her. She was, of course, beautiful and strong and confident, but the Wonder Woman of all of our movies and our shows, she is so caring and empathetic. She's just the most compassionate, deeply compassionate and loving person too. And so it's not like, like I'm, you know, I'm gonna, what is it they say? And don't take names. Uh, what is, I'm going to do it and take me. I don't know what that saying is, but like, like the forceful, like, I'm just going to bulldoze everyone in my path. And it's not that at all, nope. but it's so empowering. And so I had seen a Grey's Anatomy episode a long time ago. And the uh, neurosurgeon doctor, she, before she would do surgeries, would stand in power pose. And everybody was like, what is she doing? And she said, your, uh, your superpower, get your superpowers. And so she would tap into her superpowers when she thought she like really had a complicated surgery. And so it was a moment for her to remember who she was and how capable she was. I think we're done here, Kara. You got it. Yeah. Like that's it. Like, yeah. And I always say like self-confidence, it is not about believing you are better than anybody else. Like self is the most important part of it. It is about, there's you. no comparison. It's only you and they're yep. your gifts. It's not like something that you don't even have. It's not like if you can't cook, it's not saying I'm a great cook. It's just truthfulness. It's finding your specific gifts. I um, am a CrossFitter. So I do CrossFit, which is like crazy heavy lifting. My back squat is uh, 220 pounds Woo. and I'm only five foot two. So Leslie see me in person, you know, not just from the chest up here. And I don't look like I should be able to do that. And so my husband's joke is that I could break him in half. That's what his friends have said. But when I step up to that bar and I think like, there's no way in the world I can do all of this weight. And like my brain will start becoming critical and I'll think of all the things I can't. And then I start feeling like I can't. And instead I do the Wonder Woman pose because I have a lot of Wonder Woman clothes and I have like envisioned Wonder Woman in myself. And so I do, I step up and like, sometimes it helps me with my asthma too, but like I'll be like, <sighs> and like everyone knows, like give her a minute. And then I'm like, all right, and I shake it off and then I'm ready to lift. And man, like just that extra second, it, it does create so much self-confidence because my strength is not changing, but man, does it affect my strength? I 1000%. am so much stronger when I think I can do it. It's like, I just need to, it does, it feels like I'm just tapping into that power that's already in me. It's like pushing the on button for me. Oh, I love that, that pushing the on button. Yeah. And you just really demonstrated exactly what I was saying of like, when we think that thought, we'll have that feeling. I always break it down real simply of like, if you think I can't do this, standing mm -hmm. at that bar, looking at that weight, even though you have evidence from your past yeah. that you can, 
or, but even if you're going up a weight, right? Because right. I'm sure in CrossFit, you're progressing. Think I can't do it. And you're just going to feel defeated. And our brain doesn't just stop there. Then it's going to give you the all the reasons why you can't do it, all the times you've failed, all the things that are going to go wrong. And then you're, you're probably not going to do it. But if you stand up there, tap into that superpower of self-confidence thinking, I can do this. Take your pose. I love the breath that you just took. In my head, it was like, breathe in confidence, exhale doubt. Like that's where my mind went when you just did that. And then you get up to that bar fueled by that superpower of self-confidence. You're gonna do it. It's like, oh, yeah. it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, I think that um, I did it. Be, I think I continue it because it's um, an easy place for me to be able to feel and see my power. I don't I have that. to question it. I lifted the bar. I see my power, but like it, it does, it opens up so many opportunities for me to be able to bring it up and feel it. Yeah. And you, and then you can go back there mentally mm-hmm. on the, on, in other walks of your life. I'm like, well, if I can do that, I can what else sure can do I this? do? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Not anybody can do CrossFit, but I can. So I, of course, could try this. I have not. So I tip my hat to you. I love that, that that's your, your space. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's definitely empowering for me. What, um, what are some characteristics? Because like we've talked about like how to maybe like bring it in. But like what are some different characteristics of self-confidence? Sure. So when I talk about like that, a specific kind of thinking, right? So we want to go, first of all, to self-awareness, right? Like self-awareness is a huge part of self-confidence. Like you know who you are and you are authentically, unapologetically, boldly you. You know your values. You know what's important to you and like what lights you up, what you want, like I always say, your voice, your values, your instinct, your magic, like you. We recognize that we are the only people in the world that can be us. <laughs> like, yeah. I am the only me. You are the only you. So you honor that. And then you love that human. So self-confidence is rooted in self-love. Like, you see your strengths. Think of someone else you love, right? So it's sometimes easier for us to like separate it from us before we bring it to ourselves. Like you see all their goodness. You see all their gifts. You, you recognize how amazing they are. And you, you probably remind them of it often. Mm. And you think about it often. And you focus on and magnify what is good about them versus all their faults and all their failures. There's that bully brain. And when we love that person, we talk to them and treat them with love same for us. So know who you are, love, love that amazing human. And within that love, think about any, again, someone you love, you trust them. And trust means like, you know what to expect from them. So the same is true for us. We know what to expect from ourselves. Now that means a following through on the things we say we're going to do and not do. Trust also means how we will treat ourselves when things don't go as planned. Like we don't trust people. We're like, I don't know how she's going to respond to that, right? We trust people when it's like, I know that person isn't going to be like, oh, it's okay. Like, hey, 
that didn't go as planned. What's going on for you? Like with so much love and compassion, see above love. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we love that person. We trust that person. And then we believe in that person. That's where that wonder woman of like, yes, you can lift that bar, Kara. It's you're, you're cheering you on fueled by like, I believe in you. I believe in your ability to make your dreams a reality. And, and I believe in your ability to handle the journey towards those dreams becoming a reality. Mm -hmm. I think when you don't know how to do this for yourself, starting with somebody you love, like you said, and so it's not that you're blind to things that they don't do well or that they do wrong. It's almost like you love them even more because of their quirks. You love them even more because it makes them so much who they are, all of the things they do well. And and you can list out tons of things about someone you love, all the things that you love about them. You can, you're not blind. You still know all the things that annoy you or the things that they're not so good at or whatever. And it's almost like you kind of love them even more because they have some faults or they have some of those quirks. And it's like you, if, if it was your spouse or your kids and you knew like, okay, he doesn't care that I say this because I've talked about this many times. My husband is, and I would, I'm going to say used to, he used to be very like social anxiety filled with social anxiety and he's grown out of it for the most part in most situations but I didn't think he was bad or wrong because of it I just was more loving and compassionate to him because I knew that was one of his issues he has so many fabulous issues and he'll never listen to this video so I don't have to worry about him getting a big a big head here but um like he has so many fabulous like great personality traits that I truly am like loving that when I see this thing that he is not as quick and easy to be successful with, like I want to protect him and I want to make it easier for him. I used to go to parties and I would find the person I thought he'd connect most to and start the conversation for him. And it wasn't because he was bad or wrong and just couldn't do it and like talk mean to him about it. Like you should just talk to people. No, I knew it was his thing. And because I loved him so much, I could make allowances for it and make it so that it was easier and make it so that he could partake. And so when we're talking about self-love, if we see that we can do all those things for other people, we can do them for ourselves too. But I don't, I don't think I could start in the beginning with myself when I was on my weight loss journey, like giving myself those same allowances. I was really quick to be discouraged and frustrated and shamed and guilt and like put all of that heavy weight on my shoulders and then try to drag it around life with me instead of being like some things I'm pretty good at. This might just be one I'm still learning. And so as I've like grown, like I've learned because of how I've loved other people, that was my example for how to love myself. I love that so much. And the key word that you just said, and it's so important to hear is compassion. Mm -hmm. You said, I can have such compassion for him. And instead of thinking, you know, like what's wrong with him? Why can't he just go to the party? It was more like, oh, this is a real struggle for him. But when we do it to ourselves, I mean, how many times do we ask ourselves, 
not even realizing how how critical it is of like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just do this? Versus like, hey, I see this is a struggle for you. And I know you talk a lot about curiosity, mm-hmm. right? So let's get curious. What's what's going on for you? Oh, this is what's coming up. Okay. So how can we navigate it together? You know, yeah. like, and that's why I love calling it the bestie brain. Mm-hmm. We we would get we would treat our best friend with so much love and compassion if they had social anxiety going to a party. So how can we offer ourselves the same that comes from that love? Self-love and self-compassion are are very intimately connected. With my weight loss clients, they uh, are always quick to tell me what they're doing wrong. And so then they're like, what should I do next? And I'm like, what do you think the most loving thing is? And that's what I ask them because there's a hundred possibilities for what you could do next but what to you feels the most loving? Because if I give you something and it just feels like one more task that you're not going to live up to, it's just going to pile onto the weight you're dragging around. But if you come up with something that feels loving and compassionate for you, it feels like I could, I can't do this, but I probably could do this. Does it feel loving? Because if it feels like harsh and critical, it's not the thing. It's not how we're talking to ourselves. It's not the thing we do next. It's, it's not it. Yeah. You'll know it's it when it feels light and hopeful versus like so much pressure. (laughs) I don't even know how to say it. Just so much pressure. Totally. So critical. So how do we start cultivating something like this? So we've mentioned a few different kind of roundabout ways, but like brand new to this, how do we just start? Yep. Yeah. So one of my favorite things that I always recommend for my clients is um, morning mirror mantras. You know, when you wake up and the first thing you see is you in the mirror, it's reminding ourselves, and I forgive me if I didn't say this, about self-confidence. And it's, it's really important to hear here. And, and I'm sure people who have been in your world for a while know it. Like what we think about ourselves is a choice that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. I know I am, but like self-confidence is not a genetic lottery ticket. It is not something that certain people are born with and certain people are not. Um, it is not something that you get from external achievement. It is an inside job. It is a feeling that comes from that flavor of thinking that we've been talking about rooted in self-trust and belief in self and self-love. So what you think about you, a choice you make. So we need to be really intentional with how we think about ourselves. And sometimes our brain on its default setting, like left to its own devices, think about that. The alarm clock goes off and brain just wakes up. It's on default. So right when you get to your bathroom mirror, you go to brush your teeth and you look at you for the first time, I want to post it on your mirror. And you get to decide, like you said, right? I could tell you what to write, but I always offer it. I give them borrowed beliefs that they can take into their world. If they fit, great. If not, find your own. What do you want to believe about you? What do you want to think about you? Um, And put that on a mirror. So when you wake up in the morning, you'll be like, oh, right. I get to choose how I think about me today. Mm -hmm. I get to choose how I talk to me today. I get to choose how I treat me. 
So those morning motivators, morning mirror mantras to get you going and like have them focus on those strengths. Have them focus on the gifts and goodness that are in you. Don't put something up there that you don't believe unless you're, you know, actively telling yourself like, I'm learning to believe, Mm -hmm. choosing to believe so that you can start seeing those every day. And then throughout your day, you might see them out in the wild, in the world of like, oh, I, I am really capable. I am really strong. I am really powerful because now you've planted that seed in that beautiful brain of yours. So I love the morning mirror mantras, looking at you in the mirror with that post-it note. I, in the beginning, could not come up with words I wanted to use. And a lot of times other people's just didn't feel right for me. So one of my favorite things was this I am app. Have you heard of that one? I haven't. And so they have a freebie version of it. So I had it for a long time and my phone would like send the I am statement to my watch. And I remember sometimes I would be going about my day or doing my tasks or whatever my things were. And it would say like, I am a loving, caring person. And I'd be like, that was so sweet. Thank you. Or it would say like, I see the light in others. And I'd be like, I do. And like, it was, it was the funniest thing because I had such a, it was a wall between my ears. It would not absorb into my brain for the longest time. I felt so disingenuine. Like it did not feel genuine to just say these loving things to myself. Those I am type statements and the mantras you're talking about. And so until I got used to like being able to believe some of them and say them, the app would just keep sending me random ones. And you can pick like flavors of like, like just for your body or just for what, like they have different ones you can pick, but man, those were so helpful because I didn't have to like decide if I believed it or not. And sometimes it was just like feeding me good things all throughout the day until it, until I was even able in the beginning, Leslie, all I could do was make excuses. So like, if you complimented me, like I would have to immediately follow it up with something to cancel out the compliment. Yeah. And this was like on repeat, not the same thing, but just lots and lots of things. And I felt like it was like, you know how like we go out in the world and we're taking ammunition from social media and we're taking ammunition. We're like getting the bullets from that and we're getting the bullets from the bullies and we're getting the bullets from, you know, what grandma thought that our waist should have been a size, whatever. And that like all these things. And so this was like, like feeding me ammunition, like in a good way, like gave me the power to like have so many different things said to me all day long that eventually some of them I could believe. I love this. I like, there's Leslie writing down this app because yeah, this is not one size fits all as Mm -hmm. everything in life. Okay. And so if you want to try on some of those beliefs for a while and be like, Ooh, that hits, Ooh, that does not fit. Yeah. And then find your flavor. And they change over time. You know, I a lot of interior designers will tell you like to move your artwork around the house so you can appreciate it more. Yeah. Sometimes I'll change out my post-it note. So oh, in yeah. a different chapter. Because what resonated at the beginning for you when you started this journey, now you probably are like, oh yeah, no, I believe all of those. But now this is the next, you know, it's a journey. Forever a journey. All of us. Self, self-confidence is a journey. I tell my clients that all the time. Um, so 
where are you on the journey and what belief will propel you to keep going, keep thinking highly of you, keep loving that amazing human and keep believing in her to achieve whatever it is she desires. This sounds so like, I just feel like we have like beautiful gold, amber light surrounding us as we're talking, like to get woo woo for a second. Right. And so like, why would we not want to just like live in that bubble of warmth? It's like the best bubble bath or sitting next to a cozy fire or the glass of wine that just gives us from the inside out that warmth. So like, what gets in the way of self-confidence? Because this sounds like a drug that would be super addictive. And so, but not everybody has it. We don't have addictions of self-confidence. So why, what, tell me specifically, what gets in the way? So what gets in the way? Being a human, being a human on planet earth gets in the way. I mean, I could, we, we could spend the rest of the episode talking about this because a lot, first of all, we have human brains. Mm-hmm. Our human brains are programmed to focus on our faults and our failures. You know, it's, it's negativity bias. And so when we're thinking about negativity bias towards self, it is conditioned to see everything that could go wrong everywhere that you're missing the mark. Because your brain thinks that your shortcomings, your perceived shortcomings are dangers, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to go into deep biology, but like what gets in the way? A human brain and human emotions. I love being a self-confidence coach and I love talking to my teens and, and, you know, the teen all in us. Because when I said that self-confidence is a journey, please hear me when I say that does not mean you don't feel doubt. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you don't feel insecurity. I know you talk about this of like, because you are so relatable, you are on your journey. That is why you you are such a, a, a wonderful, you know, Sherpa for women on the journey with you. I feel doubt all the time. I feel insecurity all the time. I feel anxiety all the time mm-hmm. because I'm still a human <laughs> living in this world. So those emotions get in the way and we think, that means something's wrong with us. That means maybe I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't be thinking so highly of myself because I'm feeling these feelings, right? Those feelings can be present. They just cannot have the the keys to the car. <laughs> or if you think about that beautiful brain of yours, they just can't be the ones that have the microphone all the time. Yeah. Sometimes like like toddlers having a tantrum, they need to get it out and then okay, I hear you bully brain. But what would bestie brain say to it? Um, so given equal airtime. And then I also think when we think about, you know, self-love and loving our bodies, what gets in the way? So much social programming. You talked about it. You know, the external world can get in the way. Mm-hmm. When we go on social, you use the word ammunition, right? Mm-hmm. When we go on social media. I mean, I always, I, I always say uh, comparison is self-confidence kryptonite. It will really just chip away at it. Um, so we want to be really mindful about those external factors. And then again, not internalizing them about us, showing ourselves that compassion in that moment. Um, so I, I think those, those external factors can also get in the way when we let them get in our head and compete with that bestie brain, those morning mirror mantras of, no, you are strong. You are powerful. You are capable. Yes, I am. I think bringing it back to what you said earlier too, like 
there's only one of you. There's only one person who's ever going to look like you, think like you, feel like you in any given moment that culminates you. And if there's only that one, there's no exact replica. Even if you had a twin, there's still going to be enough differences. And so like comparison is just silly. Like it doesn't make sense. They say you're not even comparing apples to oranges. And so like for me to compare to you or you to compare to me, we're not comparing apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. And so everybody's completely so different. Like there's no way to compare. And yet we're trying to again and again and again. And so we're hitting our head against the wall when there's a door right there. And the door is just to stop comparing, just to accept all of ourself, however it is, and that, and let that be enough. Let that be exactly how it was supposed to be. And in order to do that, we need to challenge some of the societal standards and some of the societal shoulds that tell us that somehow make us wrong in our own worlds and in our own bodies. Mm-hmm. We have to challenge those. Remember, we, we, we can choose what we believe about ourselves and the world around us. And so if, if society is telling you, you need to look and be and do a certain thing, like really love that or challenge it. Yeah. Um, I'm picturing like a toddler walking around saying, why, why, why? And so like, where did that come from? Who said so? Like being a sassy teen, like who said that? Like who made you boss? And so I am totally envisioning this, the who said so? Who made them right? Who told them they were in charge? Like all that fun stuff. Um, so I, I'm trying to think how I want to ask this. You said it's a journey. And so how do we know if, how do we know if we've indulged in the tantrum and like, how do we move past the tantrum? Because you talked about like, sometimes the toddler needs the microphone, just let them get it out and then move on. Like, how do we know if we're just indulging in the tantrum or if it's part of it or what do you think? It's an an interesting question. Like, you mean like, how long can I let myself sit in doubt before I take action? Yeah, that sounds sounds much more concise than what I said. No, I love, I love the toddler and I love the tantrum. Um, You know, I, I, again, I'm going to go back to, there's no one size fits all, right? I always tell myself, and I'll tell my clients, like, milk has a longer shelf life than most emotions. So if you found yourself, or meaning that, like, milk <laughs> has a longer shelf life than most emotions. So, like, if you found yourself for days oh, okay. in the same story, like, I would continue to check in. And then, you know, again, depending on what it is, you're indulging. If it's, you know, a, a thought about you, I wouldn't indulge that for long. Because why? Exactly what you said when you're like, I feel so woo. This is so amber. Like mm-hmm. we don't need to get from I hate myself and I hate my body to I love myself and my body is perfect. Like we're never going to go from the deepest, darkest to sunshine and rainbows. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to stay here. 
it feels terrible and it's not true. So what is like one step out of the, the hole that we can get ourselves? Like maybe we just get to something a little kinder, a little more compassionate. Um, when, when it comes to just beating yourself up, I wouldn't stay there for long. When yeah. it comes to standing in front of that bar and thinking, can I do this? I can't do this. What's the one small step I can do? Okay, maybe I can't go 10 pounds up. Yeah. Could I go one pound more? Right. Not today? Okay. Yeah. Let's just, let's just show me what I can do. I'm going to do the same weight I did last week. And you lift it up. I can do that. Yeah. Remind yourself, I did that. What else can I do? So it's funny. Like I, I, I've been reading the gap in the gain and um, like, it talks about like not sitting in the gap of like what you haven't yet accomplished, but like really celebrating your gain. And I think that has led to so much self-confidence, like seeing what I have accomplished and it like feeds the belief that I could possibly do more by remembering what I have. And we kind of talked about that earlier a little bit, but like it, it really is like the fertilizer for that belief just by remembering like, I might not have done this exact thing before, but I've done all these other things before. And they, I was pretty successful with those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Reminding yourself of all the things you're capable of. If I only have like, when I get to do workshops with women, um, about self-confidence. Sometimes I'll, I'll encourage them to like make a list of everything they've accomplished in their life. And when it's like our contemporaries versus teens, I mean, that list could go for days, right? Mm -hmm. Of all the things that you've done. So like, even if we go to my teens of like, you know, the nerves and the anxiety that come up right before the first day of school, how many first days of school have you made it through? How many days of school have you made it through? It's like reminding yourself, I've done it before. I can do it again. Now that's great when you've done something before, right? And that's where confidence comes in. But self-confidence is just believing in you. Again, I go back to your weights, care of at that CrossFit gym. If you've never carried a weight that size before, lifted that heavy before, you don't have evidence to pull from. But if you're going from, what'd you say you were at, 250? 220. 220. 220. If you're going, so incredible. If you're going from 200 to 210, or when you went from 210 to 220, or whatever increment, you just got to believe in you. You've just got to believe that you can. You've just got to be willing to try. You just got to trust yourself to know even if I don't do it, I'm not going to beat myself on the other side. I'm going to show myself love and compassion. I'm going to get back up here again soon because this is a goal I have because this matters to me, mm -hmm. right? That self-awareness of, I love how powerful I feel out there. So I'm not going to beat myself up and not want to come back here. Yeah. I'm going to be so kind and so compassionate to me. Oh, I did. I went for a long time comparing my ability or lack of, it felt like at the time to other people that, you know, and so, but I was, the other thing I've heard too is, um, and I don't know how I've seen the little quote, but like, I was comparing my day one to their four years in. And so it's not the same. It's not apples to apples. It's not, we're completely different people and they're at a different place in the journey than I am. And so you can only compare to yourself. So you have a guide, you have a special gift for my people. 
I sure do. I sure do. So this one's for you. This is for that teen that's still in all of you. And it's, you know, it's like the greatest hits album of what we've already talked about today of making sure that, you know, I, I give you the ideas of what self-confidence is and what it's not. It's not a genetic lottery ticket. Karen, I just want to also add one more thing, particularly for your, your lovely listeners. Self-confidence is an inside job. I know I said it a little bit before, but in, in my teen practice, I always talk about the as soon as and the not enoughs. As soon as I hit the number on the scale, as soon as I hit the, the weight at the CrossFit gym, right? As soon as I get the promotion, as soon as I get the job, then I will feel self-confident. Then I will believe in myself. Then I will trust myself or the not enoughs. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm so, I so gravitate to the work you do because I thought for the majority of my life, I wasn't skinny enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't fill in your flavor of not enough. There is no as soon as or not enough with self-confidence. It's a choice that you make. Mm-hmm. And, and one that like a muscle, we strengthen it every day with our morning mirror mantras by going after goals, by chasing dreams and learning how to talk to ourselves on the days that those are really hard. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the guide that I have you, it's just a really quick cheat sheet of, you know, simple, simple things you can do to start walking that talk, walking that walk and talking that talk of self-confidence. Mm, great. How are they going to get that? Um, I can give you a link okay. where they can just it's just a website and then there's a free guide that's going to come into your inbox. And then you've got those, those cheat sheets and, you know, almost like a checklist of what you can do each and every day. If you love that Wonder Woman pose. I do. It's right there for you. All um, right. I'll, you know, I'll make sure I put the, I'll get that from you and put it in the show notes. And then how can they follow you so that they can keep getting these bursts of confidence too? Oh, I hope you do. Um, I am the Coach Chronicles on social. So the coach chronicles and, you know, if this resonates for you, but also you're like, oh man, I want this for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, you can find me at confidencecoachforgirls.com. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always out there spreading confidence, like confetti on social, but then confidencecoachforgirls.com is where you can, uh, can understand my approach and how I do this work in a one-on-one capacity. And if you want me in your ear, uh, I also have a podcast uh, called Why Didn't They Tell Us, where I share these lessons learned late in life. I wish I had known as a teen. Oh, I love it. I love it. Leslie, thank you for coming. I appreciate it so much. I have learned so much and I can't wait to put it even into action with myself. Some of the things just go back and get my refresher and, and motivated definitely to pass it along. Oh, Karen, thank you so much for having me. And I'm cheering you, cheering you on as you do. Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. I will have more for you next week. That wraps up another empowering episode of the Concierge Weight Loss Podcast. I hope you found inspiration and actionable insights that will propel you towards your weight loss goals. If you're ready to dive deeper and accelerate your progress, don't miss out on our free five-day quick start weight loss course. Head over to coachingkara.com forward slash free course to gain access to a wealth of valuable resources, guidance, and support. 
The time for change is now, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. Remember, your transformation starts with a single step. Take that step today and unlock the life you deserve. Stay tuned for our next episode, and remember to keep striving for greatness.